everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Afrolit. Wow. I am joined by a guest that actually knows me. (laughs) (laughs) That actually really knows me. That is, we've done business. We've hung out. We've gone to plenty of events. But most importantly, she is truly a Renaissance woman. Oh, wow. Doing amazing things in big New York City, the Big Apple. I have Maison Ludi, or should I give them the government name? The government's fine. <laughs> I have Ludi with me here today. Um, welcome. Welcome to Afrolit. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on your podcast, the rebrand and everything. Thank you. I appreciate it. I know it's been it's been a long time coming, y'all. <laughs> it really has. Um, no, I'm excited because I feel like we have so much that we could delve into. Okay. But um, you know, we gotta keep it we gotta keep it cute, keep it brief. Um, but I feel like the people need to know, because I know who you are, but the people need to know who you are. And so I know you've done so many different things when it comes to work, when it comes to your lifespan. So we could we could start from the beginning, right? So okay. you're a global citizen, I'll say, truly, right? <laughs> Born in Switzerland, from Angola and Congo, right. but raised in New York City. So break it down for us. When did you move to New York? Well, my family moved to the city when I was one in the late 80s. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm in my 30s, guys. So this was like 80. As you can't tell. <laughs> um, straight from Switzerland. But they were in Europe for like the long time. Yeah. I feel like my parents were kind of like that first generation overseas. Yeah. Um. So yeah, New York is the city that raised me. Hmm. But... You guys can't see this, but she got Tim's on, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> I really do. <laughs> but I guess um, like most diaspora babies. Yeah. Um. Went to the continent a few times. Definitely a privilege. Let's let's keep it real. Yes. Given to a lot of people. Absolutely, especially from where we're from. You know. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to count my blessings that often Switzerland was like home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you been back as an adult and seen it? No. 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 Do you want to? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? The way the climate of the world is set up right now, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a beautiful country. I know Geneva and Lausanne more. Yeah. Um, but it's very small. Mm. So go visit it. <laughs> but would I live there? Probably not. Yeah, no. You spent your time. Your family did what they had to do, and now you're in New York. Absolutely. When did you feel like New York became home for you? Like, because I can imagine, like, you know, at home, it may have felt like you were living in a different country. Like, because I know I felt like that, where it's like home was like mini Kenya. And then when I came out, that's when I was like kind of acclimated to New York City. So did you always feel like New York was home or did that kind of grow on you as you got older? I think of both because New York is very international and always has been. Yeah. And the neighborhood that we both grew up in was very international. Right. Like, not, not like, yeah. regular. <laughs> it was not your average. Right. right. Exactly. So, I went to an international school, lived in an international, like, neighborhood. Yeah. So, it was very unique because I remember my parents and their friends throwing parties. And their friends are from, like, Senegal mm-hmm. and Gabon and Madagascar. So, like, mm-hmm. it was literally one Africa meets the Caribbean. 
and like black Americans. My mom always <laughs> yeah. called them like, oh, our brothers and sisters invite them. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the, I can see auntie saying that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it was it was lit. Um, but luckily, my parents um, were very open minded. So a lot of yeah. my friends came from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Okay. So yeah. sometimes visiting like certain friends or like the cousins of the community because they're mm-hmm. Congolese mm-hmm. and your cousins. Right. You know, they were living like South Side Jamaica, Queens, and others weren't. We're in Bushwick. Why? It's not this Bushwick of today. But, but right. <laughs> um, so you get exposed to that growing up. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like different parts of the city. Yeah. Okay. I see what it is. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I go to school in Midtown. Yeah. And you see like the two drastically different worlds. Absolutely. Like my friends and I were going to Starbucks when we were 10. This is before Starbucks like you know, mm-hmm. spread out in the city. So you saw the best of everything actually. Yeah. And I'm grateful for my parents for that because they were like, no, you're, you're taking a subway. Like, you're <laughs> you're going to understand Absolutely. all the city and learn the city. And that's such a, that is a privilege in itself because like at least you get to learn so much about like where you're from and like what the music is, like what's on the scene, like for like you were outside, you know? Absolutely. Like we claim to be outside, but <laughs> you know, Ludi was really outside when it was fun and people were oh, doing yeah. stuff, you know? And yeah, the city, I think, is coming back to that essence. Yeah. And they went to its weird phase of very corporate and privatization. Okay. Um, That's like a whole topic. Right. And it's a whole world. But I, I feel like it is. I've been seeing on social media, like, block parties are coming back, mm-hmm. stoop events. And I'm like, sit on the stoop. Like, <laughs> you used to get if in they trouble have for that right. a long time yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the yeah, city. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's trying to find its essence back of what made New York's fun you know that is dope that is so dope and so I feel like that also ties into the variety of roles you've had because you have started in social work and correct me as I go right so started in social work did some admin and then went into the Peace Corps yeah right and then have always kind of been in this journalist PR space and now back which we'll get into, but now finally in PR, I would say, right? Yeah. So take us back or walk us through that whole process. Like how did you decide to make the certain career moves that you did? And even when did you know it was time to like break out and just do the Peace Corps? Well, I graduated the year 2009, the crash. So there were no jobs. So anyone who remembers 2008 going on to... 2009, 2010, like, yeah. literally no jobs. So my graduation year, I remember, like, they were telling us, well, good luck. <laughs> they just literally, like, <laughs> Lehman Brother went down. we never seen that coming oh, in the yeah, finance yeah, world. yeah, 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 You know, everything else. So I think, because I'm not, like, what, Mark Zuckerberg's or maybe, you know I mean? We're not far in age. So, like, we yeah. were really that age group of, like, <laughs> Make your own damn job. <laughs> you got to figure it out. Yeah. And New York is really a hustling city. Like it is. I, I would say, if you can knock two, three jobs at once, you can float right. in a city. It's not really advice for your mental health, but if you have to hustle, you got to hustle. <laughs> it's like mental health pending, but, but you know, <laughs> interim. <laughs> so my friends and I, we used to like write for music blogs because mm. just like, all right, little, like concrete loop, yeah, all those things. Wow, shout 50 out bucks here. Yes, um, okay, cool. And um, when because I'm fluent in French, a friend of mine was like, "Well, there's this like case managing job." 
have a lot of West African clients. So I was like, you know what? I need the money. Mm-hmm. So it was more survival, but I will always book shows for friends. We were always like, yes. Yeah. Social media was different back then. Like people were still using it for fun. Right. Um, but I remember some of the creatives who are huge today, like shout out to them. I won't say any names, but like <laughs> she can't give out that free <laughs> endorsement. No, you know? no it I'm just kidding. takes me back of that year. Like yes. some of them, they were like at every scene, right? And yeah. we'd be like, who are these kids? Why are they at every party? And then I remember one of them became like an art director of Adidas. Wow. And we were like, oh, you can have a career in this? Like, no one knew this was going to happen. This was like 2011. Yeah. So all the Tumblr kids became serious with their photography work. Everybody was like, okay, it's time. Girls with flowers in their hair. Listen. You know, writing the the heart stamps. Yeah. It was like, Oh, we got paid? Like, this isn't just... <laughs> Being in Soho, just chilling. Exactly. Yeah. So that's when we realized, like, oh, corporate America's watching, which is also, if you know New York's history, it always been like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at Soho of the 70s or what it is today, that's just always been part of New York culture in the media. Mm-hmm. But um, we were like, okay, cool. So I think I was looking for, like, work and entertainment. It wasn't really happening. And one of my colleagues was a caseworker as well she tricked me she was like oh i'm inviting you over for dinner and i was like okay and she's like oh but you need to bring your laptop and i was like all right <laughs> so i brought my laptop yeah. and she made me dinner and then she was like okay so now you're applying for the peace court because she's always hearing me talk about it oh. sorry about that and i was like oh it was like a college dream she was like no we're gonna make this a reality so i didn't oh. leave her house till we wrote two essays wow and then i got invited for an interview and they're like all right you're there. You're gone. And this was before Obama. Yeah, it was. But before he changed it. Mm-hmm. So they chose a country for you to serve. So we had no idea where we were going. <laughs> Can you it imagine? Just, yeah. Just, <laughs> it was just you like. And so it was like, uh, have fun. Right. And make do. Literally, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was cool. I think I needed that because. Social media was growing, but I feel like if I didn't go, I would have become a agnostic person or something like that wow i think it was god's way of like Mm-mm. yeah we're gonna reset something yeah. which was cool because i wasn't born and raised on the continent i knew it for two weeks yeah you know like every year it was like oh you december weeks. yeah you know, you know before it was that december right. like yeah, us, literally it was just chilling going back home because it was the longer home. holiday break yeah. exactly like time to see grandma um <laughs> so it was really cool I, I lived in Cameroon and was a beauty because Cameroon is francophone, anglophone. Mm-hmm. And I lived in the anglophone side. So I really like, I had to learn pigeon. I had to like, you know, Yo. dive into the culture. Yep. And I came back and I was like, oh, you know, you realize who was who, who had your back or not. And then I was like, okay, I really want to get back into media. I've been more on a nonprofit side of media, um, like documentary center, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So now I'm, I'm in press freedom. So, yeah. You still dibble and dabble. You know, we got, I know you have your own business. We'll talk, well, a part of a group. Yeah. So we'll talk about, you know, your, the things that you've been doing. But I feel like that's so cool because I think, you know, now we live in a world where we're looking for that instant gratification. 
and Vanity metrics, yeah. you know and it's like also to be seen doing the work you know you need to be seen like oh if you're volunteering you need to be seen volunteering you need to be seen and it's like when you were in Peace Corps you know even though she does have a documentary about oh, your yeah. time it, I know you don't like to I keep forgetting. I it is out there, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is live in the world. Um, we need to get the link to that. But anyways, um, I feel like it. your story is so amazing because it allows people to also see that there is beauty in the come up, you yeah. know? And like taking your time with certain things and allowing yourself to have those moments. Yeah, and I think too, in this present day, most people realize like, you don't need to like showcase every step, right? Mm. I think back then, like Instagram was called Instagram because we instantly posted a picture. Right. You took that picture, it was like, boom, you know? Now, you know, like you get stalked. People are like, you know, getting hurt. Like I even see on TikTok where sometimes people do apartment tours. I'm like, that is not safe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there's someone who will literally zoom in yeah. and figure out, oh, okay, this image, this has to correlate to this coordinates, which means you must live between this radius. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, wow. It's it's pretty scary. And it's like, even when I travel, I think I put in my stories maybe two days later. Mm-hmm. Smart. You know what I mean? So a lot has changed, at least with my circle of friends. None of us post. Instantly? At all. Like, we DM memes. Right. (laughs) You know, maybe because, I don't know if we, like, outgrew it, but I think being private has become, like, the thing now. And I'm just like, I don't want, like, 3,000 people in my, I don't know you. Like, you're you're creeping (laughs) me out. And the internet feels, like, people feel entitled on the internet, you know? Like, I feel like Tell you about you, and you're like, it's like, no. Like, no, that's. Not part of my life, but okay. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for telling me. So, um, moments like that, I look back like, thank God, like yeah. you know, because it's so it's so different now, and you don't know what's a genuine connection. Mm. You don't know, like you mentioned, people doing things for cloud or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it, it's hard if you are a content creator where you need to get showcase a bit. Mm-hmm. But what do you showcase that's actually work related? without too much access to your brand. Mm. And that's like the debate to have today, especially if you're building a personal brand. That's why I like being behind the scenes. <laughs> Even with my team, that's to the PR firm you're referring to, you don't see my face. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I am behind the scenes. I, I like handling things behind the scenes. People cry, people. People crazy, people crazy. And on that note of people being crazy, we have a segment called As Seen on Social Media. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the madness of all these apps. Oh, my gosh. I mean, me and you are big. I feel like we're big on Twitter. Like, shout out to Twitter. We really do love Twitter. Yeah. Can you say that? But Twitter has now become the home of so much of this beef. But it always has been. I'm okay. Yes, that's true. Like when Rihanna used to talk to us and clap back. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. But I mean, she still actually no, she hasn't. She hasn't said anything in the past. Anyway, she minded her business. She like all of us should be doing. Right. She learned privacy is actually the real currency. But real talk. You know what I mean. But I just feel like so much has been happening on social, especially on Twitter. With all these like hip hop beefs and oh yeah, that's been a weird month. Yeah, it's been a weird time. Like it's like spooky season for like 
hip hop. It's just weird. I don't know what's going on. Like, Nikki has been fighting with everybody, you know. I mean, even take it before that, there was the whole Jay-Z, cancel Jay-Z with the whole... Oh, the Twitter space. Like, the Twitter spaces, you know. Yeah. Like, even there was a moment, I don't know if you saw the Alte um, oh, girls. Jesus, yes. So between Amare and Molly, they had their whole beat. Then Chateau Wale and Burna Boy. So I'm like, all oh, this is taking place on Twitter. What? what's twitter got to do with it you know like what's going on it's it's scary because once it's out there it's there to stay you know what i'm saying and people yo shade all these platforms that like take stuff from twitter and put it on instagram they are i don't know if they have screenshot like police because it's like (laughs) the moment burn a boy tweets something it's a wrap like they know, and they're like, you know what I mean? It's gonna be on Bella Nija or whatever those blogs, yeah. And they like literally have all the receipts. I don't think celebrities understand this. Yeah, it's because uh... now we see lawsuits coming up. Yo, <laughs> I mean, chance? yeah, because some of the stuff Yo. that was exposed, we were all questioning, like, like, ooh, this is actually like... a crime, but okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> all right, let's see if your money's gonna protect you there. Um, it's scary. I don't know. I it's funny. Somebody I know, still no names. Mm-hmm. Luckily, this person put on close friends. But even with close friends, you don't know who's recording. You saw and that pe- girl with Burning oh. Boy. Yup, she put it on close friends. You know, you don't know. And I had to send her a text and I was like, sis, it's no need to go back and forth. You're building a brand. And she was like, oh, and I was like, you're human. I get it. Everyone's going to have a moment. Let's be real. We're all humans. They're all going to have a moment where you're like, don't play with me. Right. Like, here's the facts. You know what I mean? If I'm going to get gully, I'm going to get gully. But (laughs) there are consequences. Yeah. You have a lot to lose, you know? Like, we see that. Oh my gosh. We've seen that on TikTok. I'm a big fan of Remy Ma, and I always listen to her interviews when she's like, that one moment. Because it's true. If you grew up listening to hip hop, especially being from New York, Mm -hmm. she was on top of her game. Like, we all had um the yellow bang yeah. and like black crunchy hair like you know like she was you know, really conceited, you know? yeah that was really yeah that was a moment it was a moment she killed it on lean back and then it's like that one frustration moment mm-hmm. took it all away you know mm-hmm. um even i think cardi tweeted out recently mm-hmm. too how she lost the bag with, with um, um some call video duty? game yes something I think like it's that? call of duty yeah one of those so it's like there's always consequences to your action. And I hope you have the right team around you. Because mm, some people, like, you're just a, a money grab for them. So they don't really care. They're, as long as their check clears and they can go to the next brand and move mm. on with their lives, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. So with my, my good sis, I, I had to call her and I was like, you are a starting business. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, she thanked me and I was like, I get it. Because when you're building your brand, that's your baby. But and what happened to just picking up the phone and venting to a friend? Or now, you know, well, these days are, are friends really friends? Oh, <laughs> like, you know, shaking the table. You know, <laughs> like, because I think when you reach that stature, like, yeah. who's really real around you? You, you must be paranoid, question. right? And that's the question. I mean, I understand that too, but it's like, must everything be on the record? Like, you know, no, what I mean? call your therapist. I think, exactly. I feel like if you're an artist, it should be on your contract, you're signed to see a therapist. 
I mean, now they're valuing mental health. You know, they yeah. didn't value it before. I still feel like they don't really value it because, like, you know, they understand that. You know, there's always that joke, like, oh, when Adele, oh, Adele broke up with her man. Like, that means the album's going to be fire. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's or like, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, Mary J. Blige. You know, it's the same thing. So it's like, I don't know how much we can depend on, like, the actual company. I also feel like it's the individual. Yeah, you, yeah. You know? If you, you want to receive ego. help, yeah. Right. You know? But it's... It's hard. I do think you might find one or two legit people around you. Yes. For anybody, like anybody yes. thinking of starting an empire or a business, you would <laughs> you will find one or two yes. uh, legit people. Yeah. Um, but the more exposure you have, you do become a money grab. Like, mm. um, I remember when DMX passed away mm-hmm. and um, Shantae Shantae, who's like literally the first female of hip hop, shout yep. out to her shout from out. Queensbridge. And she said something that really stuck with me because she grew up in Foster Home. No, not really. There was a time she was out the house mm-hmm. and but DMX grew up, you know, Foster Home yes. and stuff. And he, she said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, I can't quote her, but him coming into the industry he remained that check baby. So if you know how the foster care system works, when you're placed into a family, that family receives a check oh, on a monthly basis. Oh, yes. And I thought about that mental process of like, if that's all you knew your whole life, that no matter where you go, you're just a check to this company. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was really thinking about that and definitely RIP to DMX. And it's just like, oh, and you don't know, a lot of these artists, not all, some do have really cool upbringing, mm-hmm. but other than they have like traumatic journeys. Ooh, the story, you know? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So they don't know authentic love or mm-hmm. real protection, you know? Mm-hmm. You remain a check to everyone else. And that paranoia leads to like kind of the nonsense yeah, behavior. And the drug abuse and the alcoholism that stuff and i feel like too having the agency to say no you feel yeah. like you have to say yes to everything right because it's like oh these people are doing so much for me i need to like pay them back like i have to like kind of make do absolutely right there is that and also it's just narcissistic behavior maybe you do feel absolutely. that you have the godlike complex where you're like mm-hmm. i made it and all you guys are eating because of me mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep going about the way I go about. Not that yeah. it's right, because no matter whether you believe in God or not, like the same people that you see on your way up are the same ones you're going to see on your way down. Listen, you know, listen. like your time will come. So stay, in the words of Kendrick, like humble, like stay humble. Just sit down. Yeah. Be humble. Be humble. Yeah, because you, you don't you don't know. You really don't know. And I think, too, it's like. If you understand your purpose and your worth, like it doesn't even matter if people kind of close the door or if you don't want to do something specifically, like in a specific way that you're being forced to, like you can always, like you will do exactly what you want to do. So like even with, you know, Rhapsody, who's in hip hop, you know what I mean? Like, not that we hear that much about her, but it's like when she does drop music, like you see that there's a lot of intention behind it. And I think that there's artists who value that. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. There's a lot of good music out there. Like literally, there's some musicians that I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. Like 
I love when um, TikTok sends me videos of folks who are like songs you need to hear for Friday and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, what? Even yeah. um, two weeks ago, like A&R's at like Spotify, all these places are like, drop us links of R&B. Like, you can tell mm-hmm. people are like, okay, we want music now. <laughs> we, we shake that ass for so long. <laughs> We pop <laughs> bottles, you know. There's right. some really good musicians out there yeah. that I feel like 2023 moving forward, we're going to see a shift. We're going to mm. definitely see a shift. Um, but also it comes with maturity, you know. Entertainment business, especially if you come in young, what what do you yeah. really know about business at the age of like 16, 17? Right, zero. Especially if you don't come from money. Right. You know, I think yeah. the mindset of, poverty economy it's it's real mm-hmm. you know so you might blow your first check you know but i'm not gonna be mad at someone who's 18 doing that right like right, you know what i right, mean right. like <laughs> it's like come on so i think it's it's very scary especially um in hip-hop and r&b it's changing now mm-hmm. like there was this um movie that i really liked on netflix the 40 year old um rapper or something like that you should check it out it's hilarious (laughs) all in black and white and she's trying to make it as a rapper she's an mc in real life oh okay and it's blank in her name and she's the sister's really good um but she's trying to make as a rapper at 40 yeah and i watched it with my boyfriend and we were just it was well written it's really well written and i just thought about it i was like honestly like they shouldn't be ageism Mm. in music you know, like there mm. really shouldn't because it's all about how you connect with the audience. That so if is you so like, true. if you sixty something and you can spit and whack up, be like, you know what? Let me get my life together. <laughs> I'm gonna go to your concert. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go to your concert. Like, you will go to a sixty year old. Yeah, concert, I mean, really? Jay Jay rapping. Ah, he's not he's gonna go rap until he's sixty. He's a businessman. He's not he's far. He's fifty. Some, he turned fifty, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, because B just turned forty. Forty. Right? Yeah. So it's like. If the men can do it. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, obviously, like, these... And these things are tied into how we view society, right? Yeah. It's always, like, the young, fun. Like, you know, we don't associate old, like, people who are older with being more fun. And also how, like, these things... It's all about marketing, right? Absolutely. It's skewed to make us believe that, oh, you have to look like this in order to be that kind of person. You know what I mean? When, like, none of that is real. Like, we've created that. Absolutely. My top favorite musicians are the ones that are like super mysterious. So were you like a her fan? You know her? her? Yes, I I know her. Actually, yeah. not really. <laughs> uh, she's good, but no, I, I was right? no, yeah, we love but, her. I yeah, love no her shade. Well. Yes. Yeah, not no really. Shade. But I was um I remember I was so drawn into Frank Ocean because remember back then he mm. wouldn't even be in the music videos oh. when he first started? Him and Golan, who Golan did the same thing. Yeah. We were clueless. Like, are they white? Are they black? <laughs> are they tall? Are they skinny? I mean, we felt like they were black. It's like kind of like the Robin Thicke situation. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's like, we didn't know he was. But the music was so good that yeah. when they finally showed our faces, we didn't care. I know. They were like, oh, the music the is great. The weekend too, I would say. He Absolutely. had that kind of facade. Yeah. And I love musicians like that where it's like, mm-hmm. I really don't care about your personal life. Unless you share it in a song where mm. I'm just kind of like, oh, that was deep. Mm. And you had like an actual good interview with like NPR or something. Mm. Or like with Angie Martinez, who's the voice of New York forever. Right. But um, yeah, I don't I don't want to see Twitter fights, you on the blogs. Like I really. Cause then now I feel like I don't want to know anymore. You know what I mean? It kind of pushes me, me check away. out, right? Like I feel like. 
when I and I feel like that was the main conversation even with Nikki and everyone. It's like we didn't you <laughs> Nikki, know what I mean? Nikki, like, Nikki, we Nikki. Were, <laughs> we were trying to just like a lot of people were like, you don't have to say anything. Yeah, that the recent drama it was unfortunate because the original context she wasn't wrong. Right. About the Grammys and like Then her... it shifted. It was like Right. Like, oh, we were about, oh, okay, yeah. let's sit down because y'all fighting now. Like, it was it just, was like, like, it was so, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know where to sit. You know what I mean? It's like, well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard because back then, like, I remember, was it 92 or 93? There was no hip-hop category in the mm. Grammys at all. So it took Will Smith, Salt and Pepper, Queen Latifah, and the list goes on, and they created an eyelash to boycott. Wow. And said, you know, where's hip-hop? Yeah. And today hip hop's there. And I think you need, and this is any work industry. I don't care if you're a doctor, lawyer, entertainer. Right. Find your allies. Find, don't go straight to Twitter. Don't start a petition out of nowhere. Find like-minded people who can say, you know what, you're right. Mm. This is missing in this department. Mm -hmm. This is missing. And that's when the, you know, true movement happened. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen it with the Oscars too, right? It was um, Spike Lee, Jada, and a few others who started the Oscar So Why. Right. Spike Lee didn't wake up one day and just tweeted at the Oscars like, we all would have looked at him like, like Uncle, are you okay? Right. Like, <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. that's an advice I would say to any industry you're in. Yes. And just make sure, find like-minded. Yeah. Find your people. Find but, your tribe. So you guys can find the the mission and the purpose of like what you guys want to advocate for, and that's how true changes come about, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so yeah, yeah, you should definitely look it up. It's really interesting how they boycotted in '92, mm -hmm. and I think Will Smith actually won Best Rap Album. Oh, yeah, which was like, which oh, was like very okay. Amanda, the producer, is nodding. <laughs> so I think we're thinking, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I I I would have wished, you know. It was a healthy conversation around it, and then she could have found her allies. The way, like, the brat mm, spoke up and said, yeah, you mm -hmm. know what she is right about, mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, diverging into another thing I saw on social media, um, Issa Rae and Usher. Oh, yeah. That video was cute. That video was so cute. I they love were Issa. You know, they were... This, so it was a part of, for those who haven't seen, it was a part of um, Usher's residency, which, by the way, he's performing three nights in a week. Yo, yeah. crazy. Um, just to think twice a night. It's not easy. Yo, wow. Usher. But all the legends have done it. Shout out to Diana Ross for making it. Was she the one that started? No. No, it's always been, but like she residency. like. I think it was Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. Yeah, and it was tragically how he passed, yeah. right? Um. But you should watch Diana Ross's 1977 Vegas residency. Oh, The wow. way she set the standard for that. And all the divas have done it over the years. Yeah. Has Beyonce done a residency? No, because she's still... Oh, yeah. She's... Yeah. Still, she, she's her still, time will come. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last kind of like pop princess like... Was Britney? Probably Britney. Yeah. Yeah. Was a whole thing in and of itself. Become an Afrolit crew member. Okay, so that was my little intro. But so you see this new place and you also hear the crisp sound. But guess what? This takes 
some bread, some agege bread, some dollar dollar bills, honestly. And I truly need your support with this. So become an Afrolit crew member. You can join us by joining Afrolit's Patreon page and hitting the comments there, joining at different tiers. It is to your choice, but it would make a huge difference. It will support the starving artist team no i'm kidding but we're not starving but it will definitely help us create more content special content you can get early content you know we're trying to stay up in this game so what you're gonna do is you're gonna go right now click that button so that you can join us thank you in advance and yes see you soon on the other patreon side Okay. <laughs> you had a little. It's cute. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note of putting in work, you know, I feel like you have been even understanding more about your work experience and the things you've done. You've now stepped into back into the path, I would say, of PR oh, yeah. and journalism through your. Could I say 360 service yeah. agency? So prompt media group. Yeah. Um, tell us about that. How has that journey been in terms of like building, working with a team, you know, supporting, of course, putting Africa first. How has that been so far in the business? Yeah. So I think for anyone in a starting business, mm-hmm. there's a difference between startup and starting business. Yes. Uh, key words. Yeah. 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 It's two different things guys (laughs) but it's very um interesting so our ceo is sanami she's originally from benin she's a yes she's a fashion designer but her background is also in pr marketing yeah um we have bao who is like literally everything a chef i know a coordinator but he's more of a podcaster podcaster as well um yeah, the Noah Hala podcast, shout out to him and Tunde. And um, he handles more like communications. We have Xavier, and he's Nigerian-American. Xavier is also Nigerian-American, handles all the graphics. Yes. We have my- TikToker. T- yeah, he's he's everything. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Xavier, name a country, that man's going to take that plane, um, fly and there. And go, and go, and And still get there. work done. Uh, and- um, my good sis Tara, who's also Nigerian American, she's a lawyer, but she's also an NBA agent. She also has her nonprofit, and she also has her gaming agency. Um, so she's definitely a sister that I'm like, how do you do it? You always starting Yo. a business like every year and succeed. For real. Um, and then we have Christine, who's from Haiti, um, and she's also a lawyer. And I am more on the operation side. So, mm-hmm. um. The idea, we started with a lot of people, as you yes, know, the back end yes, story. Yes, Um, And it's hard. I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not easy. And I was like, there's too many people for right. a starting business. But now we're down to, um, if, if I'm in it, six, right? Yeah. Yes. So um, it's really to cross over the bridge of just black diaspora. Mm-hmm. So the Caribbean is definitely included. And... Um, you know, diaspora babies like us, right. you know, where I have a U.S. passport and I have an Angolan passport, you know. Shout out, you know. You know what I mean? Never going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Word to Jay-Z. Word to Jay. Uh, but it was really to just show the diversity yeah. 
let's keep in mind, black is not a monolith. It is not. Black is not a monolith. So you can't say the black culture. That is kind of dangerous to put it out there like that. Yeah. We are so diverse on a global scale. And that's where we come in. Right. You know, like respect the different names of the genres. Respect mm. the different names of the film industry. Because mm. there's history behind it, you know. Um, and our communities is, is just so global. So we, you know, we... And I feel like, not to cut you off, yeah. but I feel like there needs to be a defining, like, mechanism. You know what I mean? Because even before we started recording, we were having that whole discussion of how do you even, when you enter these white spaces, how do you even <laughs> differentiate between, okay, yeah, so what's the difference between reggae and Afro? You know what I mean? Like, these yeah, people don't know. So it's don't. like, we have to be able to define it and say, like, okay, here are the different genres. Here are the different film industries here are the different music industries you yeah. know like so many people are doing so even many clothing things. right i think people think right. wax print but i'm like there's also a lot of traditional garments yeah. and i'm sure there's data on it like why certain ethnic groups would use a certain color in a certain mm -hmm. print you know that's like wearing white you know some wearing... storytelling behind there right you know so um but then it's also our job to educate ourselves. I think mm -hmm. it hurts me when I do see brothers and sisters of the diaspora who just don't know. Mm -hmm. And they go on interviews and you're like, what in the, <laughs> you know? Right. Like there was a certain, you know, Afrobeats musician that came on the Breakfast Club and they asked for like the different genre and this individual was like, mm. And I was like, boy, like, <laughs> you did one job. Yeah, it was it was so heartbreaking because yeah. it was just like. This is your opportunity to educate so many people. You know what I'm saying? Because like four years ago. And it's I think, like no one has to do that research for you. You have a whole assistant. You have a whole and team. And you were born and raised in the country. You know what I mean? <laughs> that person could have been tired. Who knows? Because it right. is early interviews. Grace. We'll give them grace, I guess. But it was just kind of like, oh my gosh. And I could see the Breakfast Club made progress because like five years ago i could be wrong don't mm -hmm. count the years nasty c was there from south africa yes i think i remember that mm -hmm. and it was so hard for them to understand that he's just a rapper i it was remember just like, that was that ebro or was that no it was Charlamagne? it was breakfast club oh, with okay. yeah envy charlamagne and um yeah. angela yee and it was so it was so funny to watch because that I know when he was just so they were trying to like find I, I feel like I remember seeing that clip where they were like so like the African side like what is the and like no I I'm just, an MC yeah like I rap I he had to compare himself to Rick Ross exactly, and they were like yeah. really <laughs> yo shall me yeah I remember that yes but then you watched his recent interview with his recent Afrobeast musician you yeah. could tell Breakfast Club did their research mm -hmm. you know like shout out to them for that growth of like oh no can you educate us on mm -hmm. And that person blew it, and I was just like, "No!" <laughs> so sometimes, Good, job. yeah, sometimes it be our own people where it's just mm. like, talk about it. Yeah, but it, it's really nice to to do your own research, find those archives. Like I'm a big fan of what Amy Saul is doing with Sunu Journal. Shout out to Amy Saul and Sunu Journal. Yeah, I think that's really amazing that she's doing like. She, the work she's doing is pretty much anthropology and sociology. For real. You know what I mean? And finding those archives that aren't really even owned by us anymore. Yeah. And like bringing it back. Mm-hmm. You and know. Making it visible, you know. The syllabus that she made access yes. to the world and everyone start looking for those films. And it's like, oh, we, we always were storytellers. 
you know, we always were storytellers. And it's just our generation and the generation to come now to say, okay, how do we preserve it, bring it back? And to your point, when we enter those rooms, they, they have to listen to us. You know, because if I'm telling you, like, my mom is from Congo, right? And we're known for sukus. Mm -hmm. Some people still call it dombolo. Well, dombolo was just a dance, but everyone yeah, still call it dombolo, yeah, yeah, they still call it, like, <laughs> genre. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we're just kind of like, okay, we'll let that slide. But it's interesting when, <laughs> we'll let it slide. you know, I do hear a lot of Nigerians call it makosa. And I'm like, <sighs> oh, well, that's from... Cameroon, which yes. is not far, or like central. And Cameroon is unique because it's like central west. Yes. And it is our job to educate. It's not to start beef or war, but it's like, no, there's a reason why there's these names. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they will put Premier Gawuba Magic System and call it Makosa. And I'm like, no, that's Zouglou. Mm -hmm. And Zouglou is from Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast. And that's folklore. Like if I translate you Zouglou music, they're life lessons. That's what Zulu is. So it's kind of like, you know when you go to the village and the elders tell you a story, but there's a moral to the right, story yeah. for you to reflect like, on? never eat the seed right. before <laughs> it becomes the tree. Because <laughs> the fruit will have the blood. Honestly. You know what I mean? like oh, that. they give you some weird, so weird, rigid story of like, Adam met this right. person. Oh, my bad. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, after 30 minutes, like, oh, so okay. this was the life lesson of XYZ. <laughs> but that's what Zuglu is. They take that and they put it to music. Mm -hmm. And that's when Magic System, like, they do Zuglu music. So the whole album was a vibe because there were life lessons. Like, it was <laughs> gems upon gems. You got even, like, a sad story? Kind it? of. Yeah. Like, he got played. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But he also had no choice, kind of like, he's saying it. Like, exactly. if I don't take her back, there'll be Wahala on both sides of the family. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and also, Gawu is very insulting. Don't ever let anyone call you Gawu. But it's just basically, um, it's just basically that. So when we do say, "Hey, that's not the genre, and that's mm. not what it's called," it's just to educate the mass. It's not offensive. It's it, yeah, it's not yeah. offensive because if you do that, then we, we erase our own history. Right. So now when we go to a predominantly white space, and they're gonna call it by what the mass calls it that they don't really know. Mm -hmm. Then what what happens to the story of Zuglu music? Because now it's documented as Makosa, which Makosa's from Cameroon in a whole different, right. <laughs> you know. And now it's like, how do we even like? Because there is other music like from Cameroon, and there's going to be other music. Oh from, yeah, they have Bikuti. Exactly. They have so much. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like these defining markers are just so that you can understand and delve in deeper. That's what people don't get. You know what I and mean? And then you get introduced to the culture. Exactly. It's an invitation. Yeah, every African nation, like, we have so many ethnic groups. Girl, tribes. So, yeah, so How many the, tribes are in Congo? Oop, probably over 200. Because we have clans, too, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. We have clans. But yeah, you're right. I think, I think yeah, it's like, you can't, going back, black is not a monolith. It's just, <laughs> you just can't. Same with the Caribbean, right? Like, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's you know, not. you can't just say reggae. I mean, there's dancehall reggae, there's culture reggae, right. there's so-called calypso. There's, like, so much where it's, like, certain patois. Like, they don't all speak the same patois. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what a Trini patois and slang might be unique From, to them right. versus, like, a Jamaican. Jamaica. You can't mm -hmm. be like, oh, they're all islanders. That's unfair to them. That is so unfair. <laughs> that is so like we don't need to we don't need to be grouped. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we can have 
I feel like there is power in having that individuality and like we're embracing our diversity exactly you know and I I love that prompt is doing that even with the staff how all of you are all from different countries absolutely even if you are from the same country like Nigeria it's all different regions absolutely there's so much that's represented so I love to give people like practical tips and I feel like you've been able to see both sides of the coin by being you know creative yourself and working or supporting creatives and now being behind the scenes okay so what would you say are some of the good at least three good tricks and tips that you would recommend for creatives who are kind of stuck or they just really suck at their admin side and how to kind of build that up and coming from like a PR perspective what would you for new creatives who are coming into the scene like who want to up that what would you recommend yeah, that's a great question because I've seen some emails and it's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, they're uh, asking you to do their whole, like, well, you could do their press junket, but they're asking you to come up with their whole logo, their whole brand, their whole <laughs> ad, not, like, create it, creative design it, do the photo shoot. It's like, well, if you I, want all that. <laughs> not only that, I notice with content creators, and I think I'm, like, understanding because it's not hard to, it's not easy, sorry. Right. To create content like that. Oof. That creative juice, like shout out to every like painter, Constant, musician, right. dancer, writer, listen, fashion designer, because it's not easy at all. Not easy. But um, ever since the Black Lives Matter 2.0, not the organization, but the movement. <laughs> A clear <laughs> definer here. Yeah, don't call yay. But um, <laughs> it was... I noticed a lot of companies were grant giving grants mm-hmm. for like black artists and visionaries and stuff. Right. And um, I will help some of my creative friends to write grants. And I'm like, okay, let's let's talk about the impact. Mm-hmm. And majority don't document mm-hmm. their workload. And I'm like, they're like, oh yeah, I remember I did this project, I did that project. I was like, okay, where is it? How many people did you reach? And they would give me the well, Instagram will show, and I'm like, okay, no, I, I see those numbers, <laughs> but if you're in a setting, and let's say you distributed, I don't know, food or something, mm-hmm. did not document the amount of attendees, mm, any testimonies, data. right? you know, so we'll have those conversations. I'm like, that's your impact right there. Like, keep in mind, it's not just about the likes and engagement. It's the actual, like, Who reach. Up? right. Who showed up? Who bought it? Who sent you an email? Who right. gave you their, you know, their whole login, everything? Exactly. And even if it's going to be from one Instagram or YouTube or whatever is showing you, okay, they show your audience reach, which is good. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing tangible work, like, you know. Right. So it's stuff like that that I think is like measuring impact, which I'm so passionate about because I'm like, you guys do so much amazing work but you don't even see it because to you it's like I just put it out there and it went viral and I moved on you know (laughs) and that's how companies can like kind of play you oh because you don't own your own data because you're not even tracking your own data (laughs) you know what I mean so it's like so there's that so I always tell folks like you know create a folder and do like easy right right and do a 30 60 90 that should be your assessment at the end of like each month, just look through 
what you achieved, what you didn't achieve, look at the numbers, look at the outreach, and the list goes on. And then at the end of th- your third month, do a 90 days. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's why it's called, yeah, 36, yeah, 90. Yeah. Now really look into like, okay, am I really at where I want it to be? Okay. You know? Yep. Uh, YouTube has everything. So if you need to build your media kit, Canva's free. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy. That's another good resource. Right. Canva Pro's like maybe one something a, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many tutorials. And now with TikTok, like they they do quick, quick tutorials right, as well. If you exactly, got a short attention yeah. spam, you know, so that's another one. And then email etiquettes, you know, um, mm. a lot of folks let opportunities get by because they don't check their emails. They're not on top of it. Check your emails, yo. So I was telling a friend the other day, I was like, why don't you just give yourself an admin day? Like, if you don't have to go to work. I love that idea. You know what I mean? Like, Monday, go to a cafe and give yourself two, three hours. Just focus on your email inbox. Clean out when you see, be clean out. Respond to when you be responding. And I get it. I think that's why a lot of creatives and content creators look for agencies and managers mm-hmm. to handle all of that, that. You know? But if you're not there yet and you're going to have to self-manage yourself, find your balance. Find your balance. You know? Get a calendar. Go to the 99 cent store. There are a lot of huge calendars there for a dollar. Right. Max PJ two. Max, right? I was about to say Marshalls. They got their sales. Right. Yeah. And do that 30, 60, 90. Find that admin day. And sometimes it is sacrifices. Sometimes, you know, your friends might want to go out and you're like, shit, I got to edit. <laughs> you know, I got, I got, you know. Right. Yeah. And for me, I think... My time was different. I, I, I had the, the Blackberry before iPhone became a thing. Ooh, she was a BB. What was the chat? Uh, BBM. BBM. It's, Blackberry message. I will never forget this one South African song she will shout. It's time for the BBM. <laughs> I will never forget that song. <laughs> Did you uh, have a sidekick too? No, oh, I was. I was going to say you had the triple threat. You had a Blackberry. Now you got an iPhone. Wow. Yeah, shameless plug, but I had like almost every Blackberry edition. Like it was wow. You had the one with the little like roll, the pearl, the pearl. I had the pearl. (laughs) Wow, you were quick. Yeah, I had the world edition. Rest in peace, Blackberry. I still want the baby fat phone. Oh yeah, yeah. I still, even though you know, Kamora, still love you, but you know, work on it, work on it. But I want that baby fat phone if they bring it back. Right, but my my time, uh, there there was a lot of horrible bosses. So. An not email. the show. Like, yeah. Real. <laughs> not the movies, nothing. Right. But um, there wasn't like a limited data. Like the phone plans were different. Mm-hmm. You got to pay to text. But, you know, you didn't want your boss to find out like stuff weren't, you know, done. So I, I grew up my time of like before. And there was no Wi-Fi on the train back then on the subways. Yep. So right before you got on the train, you had your phone, you were like answering all the emails, get on the train, find a coffee shop, you know, to connect to Wi-Fi and all that stuff. So I know a lot of my friends are like, you're so good with project management. I'm like, yeah, it comes from trauma. Like, <laughs> we did it, you know, you had to be right, on top of it. no choice. And then once the iPhone came, it was the same tactic. Like I, you know, I used to like wake up to emails, go to sleep to emails. But now I discipline myself where... By midnight, I think my phone goes to, like, do not disturb. Smart. In the morning, I stretch. I make sure I meditate. Mm-hmm. I don't look into emails until, like, maybe 9 or something. But, yeah, if you're my, like, anyone my age group or older, we grew up at the time, like, especially in the creative industry, there were some 
crazy, crazy folks. Like, if they were up by three, that means you were up by two again. Oh, my God. You know, it was really those days. The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah. And she had a Blackberry in that movie, too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Now I'm just like, I and think. And her assistant, her, who was only eating, like, a cracker and yeah. cheese. It was, dope. like, as funny as that movie was, it was low-key real. Trauma. Because it's like, yeah, no. You, you didn't want any projects to go by. Yeah. Um, but now there's so many tools. And, you know, download a project management tool. I use ClickUp for my own personal projects. Mm-hmm. But there's Asana, yeah, Hive, Air Monday, Airtable. Right. So set yourself reminders and sacrifice. There are going to be days you really can't go to brunch. You really can't go to those parties. Just, it's real. you know, give yourself a day or two just to make sure the work is done. Wow. 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 Well, listen, I feel like you are, like I said, Renaissance woman doing amazing things. If you were to look back and speak to your 10 year old self now, what would you tell her? I mean, it sounds cliche, but definitely trust the process Mm. and it's all going to connect. So I think too, for a lot of women that I've met and been blessed to meet, there's starting over they were 27 and I remember thinking to myself like oh that's a crucial nice year and I started over at 27 I was an intern again at the age of 27 and um today like things are like you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I would look it's all alive <laughs> and I'm not even where I want to be you know but it's definitely a lot of us we had to start over a few times and it's okay. Like, don't be scared. Don't look at your age. Don't look at like what other people are doing. And I know sometimes social media could do that. Even LinkedIn could be scary for oh, a lot of folks. Oh, absolutely. Cause it's like, oh yeah, I just left my job at this. Now I'm going to Walt Disney to be yeah. creative. <laughs> I don't know what of this. And it's like, dang, you know, it could be, yeah. but you know, um, I think one thing about the United States of America is a country where you have to advocate for yourself mm. in anything, healthcare, mm-hmm. um, your job. So definitely like network across. If you see somebody on LinkedIn that puts a post that you really like, send you know, requests, send a note, coffee meetups. Mm-hmm. I've had so many coffee meetups when I was dead broke. But I those, remember, y'all. you know, but those same people made sure I got a job afterwards so that last twenty dollars turned into two hundred dollars you know so those are type of sacrifices and um there's so many like network groups too now there weren't many you know like black black professionals meet you know yeah like yeah r229 careers and creatives on facebook there's Mm -hmm. color com for black people in the media nabj the nabj the national association for black Black journalists Journalists. yeah so yeah invite yourself to those places sometimes it is taking a sacrifice paying for a membership listen but the real network is there the real net like once you pay for it right even culture con you know yeah Yeah. absolutely so um now there's more and more options and more and more spaces Mm -hmm. so you have to show up. Like, no one is going to do the work for you. No one's going to be your advocate. Like, you have, you'll have people who would bring up your name for an, a work project. But keep in mind, like, there's this content creator on TikTok. 
Corporate Bay. Yes. He said something. And I'm going to paraphrase too, but I agree with him. Like, I'm not going to put you on a project if your work ethic is trash. Right? Like, I, I remember. That's a word. Oh, my God. Yeah. I downloaded that video and I shared it on my IG story because it's like, I want you to win. But if you don't know how to show up for yourself, like, if you don't have an updated resume, if you don't have. Right. Yeah. You can't say you've been doing music for so long and you still don't got no press kit. It's like. You know, you're a makeup you know, artist or a hairstylist. You still got no portfolio. Right. Especially all that information is on YouTube these days. And, and it's TikTok. like you can do it yourself, too. You don't need, like, if you have an iPhone, you have a camera, you know? So it's like you're going to have to show up for yourself and put in the work. So when people want to put in the word for you, it's easier. Right. But if, if we do that and there's nothing to show, now I'm not credible. <laughs> Now I'm hurting myself. Yeah. So take these like two, these things do backfire. They so, do. Yeah. So be easy on yourself. Trust the process. Everything will connect and like literally network across. You don't always have to jump for the VP or directors. Like a lot of time it's the assistants. Oh. Or super Hello. resourceful. The janitor in the building. You know, be friends with everybody, be friends with everybody. You just don't know, but network across and before trying to even go network above, you know. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Ludi. You're welcome. This has been such a, such a nice conversation. Absolutely. To you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming, hanging out with us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, yes, my name is Equa PM. I've been your host. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to us everywhere you find podcasts. Of course, catch us on Patreon with some special stuff. You want to join the crew. So until next time, see you later. Bye.